0: The <laughs> morning south florida it's your girl super cindy happy sunday morning hope all of you are feeling amazing and it's time for community matters you already know how this show does we speak to resources and professionals and just all kinds of information that our community needs so i want to make sure that if you can't use the resources and information that we're giving you in this episode please pass it along and share it and you can always tune in again if you miss a number a dot org or anything, um, head over to our website at 99chancemiami.com and head to the community corner. So our guest today, I am super excited because this episode is titled Black Women in Medicine. I know that's right. We're celebrating two of South Florida's awesomest black doctors and they are females okay so first we have dr barbara munford she is a board certified urologist for adults and pedia and and children i was going to say that wrong and she is also the first african-american female president of the dade county medical association in 2018 good morning dr munford Good morning. How are you? I am good and excited to have you here. And our second Dr. Queen is Dr. Delvina Thomas. She is a board certified psychiatrist, author, lieutenant colonel in the Army Reserve, an entrepreneur, and the list goes on and on. And we're going to talk about everything with her as well. Good morning, Dr. Thomas.
1: Good morning. Happy top of the day. Yes. So let's
0: get into it. What does it mean to the both of you? I know like at, at least in the music business, a lot of female rappers are like, why can't I just be a rapper? Why you got to say I'm a female <laughs> rapper? So I'm going to turn it into the medicine field. Like, do you guys like highlighting that you're a female doctor in the medicine world? Or you guys just want to say, no, I'm just a doctor, not a female doctor.
1: Yeah. Um, I like saying woman doctor or female doctor. I don't have an issue with the word female. I know for some people, some women, it triggers a lot. They're like, I'm not an animal. Mm -hmm. But it's important for us to make a distinction between men and women because women have come so far to overcome So many obstacles. Mm -hmm. Um, You just have so many things to deal with as a woman that men don't deal with. We get lowballed when it comes to our income. We get treated differently. There's no equity in a lot of places. You know, being in the military, I can even cite certain situations where I wanted to conduct business as an army officer and I have somebody propositioning me so it's absolutely important to say you know the whole hashtag Me Too Yeah, I'm sure a lot of women can identify with those situations um, and it doesn't just happen in the military it happens out here too in the community you're trying to conduct business with some guy and all he can think about is a dinner date or something mm-hmm. similar so but, absolutely but, emphasize that
0: but not to interrupt you either you know before the Me Too movement became really popular like you said we've all experienced it but we never knew well at least me being in the music industry hip hop world I never knew there was nothing wrong about it when like bosses and people are talking about your butt and this and that you're like and I'm just giggling (laughs) like (laughs) I just didn't know that that, there was something wrong with that but we'll talk about it Dr. Munford welcome urologist Mm -hmm. I can't wait to find out what a urologist is but how is it being a female doctor? I think it's so important I think
2: one of the benefits that we got from COVID is that we really began to understand healthcare disparities and how patients respond to their doctors. One of the things that became increasingly clear is patients do better with people who look like them. Mm. So if I'm a woman and you come to me, you ain't got to explain all of that stuff. Okay. (laughs) You already know. Hey, we talk in the same language. Mm -hmm. If I'm a black woman Mm -hmm. and you come to me, Hey, you ain't got to explain all of that racial stuff. We talk in that. And I'll give you um, one example, two examples, about how race and gender impact medicine. Mm-hmm. And I'm the senior saint here, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were at a meeting, and I remember asking, has anyone here been born before 1960? No one raised their hand, and in this room, again, no one will raise their hand, and that's okay. So one of the things was, um, I was medical, no, I think it was my first year as a resident, mm-hmm. and I'm going around, and the senior resident is a Jewish guy, and we go into the room of an old black guy. We're in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And so the Jewish guy says, how's your hooter? And the man look at him like, what's that? (laughs) What? We don't have hooters, okay? Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe Jewish men have hooters. Black guys have... (laughs) 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 Oh, we can't say that. I'm sorry, but that's what we call it. Sunday morning. That's what we call it, okay? We don't call it hooters, okay? But that's what I mean by communication and... We have to have a common base, okay? The other thing about how race and gender impact medicine. Mm -hmm. So as part of my residency, I have to go out to a clinic, like an STD clinic Mm -hmm. in um, Virginia. Mm -hmm. We did Virginia and North Carolina as our training. So I'm there, you know, and I'm providing the medical care, the expertise. And then this young brother comes in and he says... Um, I said, I need to examine you, so I'm going to need you to undress. He says, Oh, no. I said, You know, we might meet in a club. I said, Baby, we ain't going to meet at a club. Okay? <laughs> we gonna meet at the club. We, we're not. But race and gender always impact us. that's who we are. Uh-huh. And there's nothing to be apologetic about it. God made each of us uniquely. He needs us to be our unique, full selves uh-huh. so He can get what He wants for His people. It's huge. It's really huge.
0: Dr. Mumford, what is a urologist? Explain to those and break it down into simple terms. Okay. <laughs> if but you can. I always
2: I can't because I always <laughs> talk about this stuff. I'm the PP doctor. Okay. And people understand that very well because people pee all the time. Uh-huh. And people get it confused with the neurologist. I'm uh-huh. not the neurologist. I'm not the nerve doctor. I'm the pee-pee doctor. Uh-huh. So I deal with anything to make with making urine. Men uh-huh. and women, boys and girls, cradle to the grave. So for making urine, kidneys ureter, bladder, urethra, and male genitalia. I am like the male gynecologist. Okay. okay. So guys come in, they have problems with prostate, they have problems with testicles, they have problems uh, with seminal vesicles, premature ejaculation, erectile dysfunction. They're coming to me. And people say, you know, guys, aren't they going to be upset when they come in and see you a girl? I said, first of all, when you look at my name and you're looking at Barbara Monford, Mm -hmm. you know that's a woman. (laughs) so if you are uncomfortable with that you're not going to come so i'm not going to see that guy patient so every guy who comes to me he's already done whatever he needs to do in his mind to say okay this is the doctor and i'm coming to the doctor so i don't get those patients who are uncomfortable with women providing that type of service they just want
0: to feel better and and relieve whatever the problem is. that's all it
2: is the three a's availability affability and ability That's
1: all doctors, all doctors. And Supa, just Mm. to emphasize, she is a surgeon. So you know, you were asking about Black women in medicine. Mm -hmm. Surgeons are even more underrepresented by Black women than medical Mm. doctors. She's a surgeon. Go so, Doctor
0: Monfer, you didn't even I tell shall. me you was a
1: surgeon. Yeah. So urologists do surgeries. You know, there mm. are some. As she said, she's the male gynecologist, mm. and so she has blessed surgical hands. Because I'm, I'm sure you're not faking it in the OR, Doctor Monfer.
0: No, <laughs> not at all. Wow, Doctor Doctor Thomas, as a psychiatrist, what do you think is the biggest misconception
1: about psychiatrists? Um, That we're all crazy. (laughs) That's the first one. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people think folks who specialize in mental health, that they're in mental health because they had their own mental health issues. Um, That's one of the misconceptions. The other one is that all psychiatrists prescribe medications, and that's our number one go-to. That is a huge misconception, and I see it all day long on Instagram and social media, someone discouraging other people from going to a psychiatrist, Mm -hmm. um, which is a medical doctor because the psychiatrist is going to give you, quote, crazy pills, close quote. So people need to know psychiatrists. It depends on who you go to. Mm-hmm. So if you go to a psychiatrist who um, speeds through six patients in an hour, obviously that person is prescribing a lot of pills and mm-hmm. they're not doing psychotherapy. Um, the way my office, the way we do things, everyone gets an hour assessment the first two times that they're seen. Um, if they're prescribed medications, then your medication session is at least thirty minutes. Um, the psychotherapy is conducted by one of our psychotherapists, and sometimes the the psychiatrist being me cuz I'm the only psychiatrist everyone else is they're like mid-level providers mm-hmm. um if you want psychotherapy, then we have to schedule you for psychotherapy sessions. So those are around anywhere from 45 minutes and above. So I think the primary misconception is that we all prescribe medication and that we don't know how to deploy alternative interventions. Mm,
0: I I know that um, a few years ago when my mom passed away, I went to your office. Your office is DRT Behavioral Health on Sterling Road. Mm -hmm. Behavioral Um, Services. Okay, sorry. I said it wrong. It's okay. um, And I went to your office and I just knew I was walking in to get some type of medicine to ease the <laughs> grieving and the pain and, the, and what I was feeling at the time and after you um, assessed me for an hour and I was like okay do I need medicine like you mentioned nothing about medicine I'm like doctor <laughs> don't I need medicine you said Cindy after you know our preliminary blah blah, blah 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 you don't need medicine and I'm like are you sure but after at that moment I was like I wanted something to help me get through this but it's just time that gets through it but I really appreciate you not just taking out your pad and writing me medicine and then I'm like you know on on mental health drugs yeah. to get me through something
1: that I just had to go through exactly. to get through so. yeah and so and, and thank you for mentioning that Supa because um, people want a quick easy fix that's America for you. Everything Hello. is in and out, it's quick and fast. And sometimes you got to go through it. You got to go mm-hmm. through the fire mm-hmm. so you'll come out on the other side mm-hmm. because you learn through your suffering. Whenever I have a challenge, I'm grateful for it because there's something that you learn. If you mask it by using a pill, it's it's still there. You're just masking it, you know? If someone gives you Advil, Xanax, Valium, it's still it's tranquilized, tranquilizing you, but it's still there once the pill wears off. Mm-hmm. So People learn better coping skills, better ways to deal, by going through the the challenges. Um, and it's not to say this applies to everyone. Some people need medication, so please don't misconstrue what I'm saying, listeners. Some people have to have medication.
0: Got you. So I've been diabetic. I was telling you guys earlier since I was ten years old. So I've my whole life I've been in doctors' offices. One thing I have noticed that at least a few of my doctors and the care that I was receiving prior to covid was a lot different from the from the care that I'm receiving now. Now, I know like my doctors, they know I'm super Cindy, but they don't even they're not in the world that I'm in. But they still treat me I think better than they do the average I put that in my brain. Maybe I'm wrong. But they treat me better than the average patient. You too, being doctors, patient every day, in, out, in, out, patient after patient. Honestly, is there a difference in care with some doctors after COVID? And if you believe so, why is that? I, I, like, I've been wondering, why is my care different now after COVID?
1: I want Dr. Mumford to answer that because she's been in person even during the the pandemic. So
0: Yeah, cuz you said to me earlier that during the pandemic you did no telehealth services. Everything was in person. So we'll talk about that as well, but go ahead and And if I could. Yes. I'm just me. And so
2: mm-hmm. I only see my perspective. So I've seen no change in the way in which I conduct medicine. Mm-hmm. But what I'd like to do is ask you, mm-hmm. what is the change that you've seen? And then maybe I can address why that is.
0: Okay. Because for me, there is no change. I feel like a few of my doctors used to give me more time. Now they're like rushing through my appointment and saying to their, who's the their medical assistant? medical assistant. Whoever's mm-hmm. helping yep. them, Um they're going to get you this and that. It's like weigh in, go this. It's like so fast. Now I sit down, Cindy, how are you feeling? I'm good. And if I have a question, okay, we're going to, and they call it in or whatever, whatever's going on. I'm like, but I still have answers. <laughs> I need answers. Like, why, why do I feel like this or whatever? It's just the timing is just like so quick. Okay. So one of the things that may have happened and I'm not
2: sure mm-hmm. is that your physician may be a paid physician. What am I talking about? Yeah, what is that? Me, I'm self-employed. So anybody tell me what to do is only me, okay? That's, I'm the only person can tell how many patients I want to see per hour. Nobody can come and, Doc, you've been with this patient for 30 minutes now. We have patients backing up. You know, we already, t- I don't care. I'm with this patient at this moment. All of my attention is here. Now, if you are a paid employee, you have other people looking in, and they're telling you, we need to see six patients an hour. And they have someone who's monitoring how quickly you process this. Mm. Not to say that this is an assembly line, but it is a business. And if you will notice more and more about medicine is that medicine is a business. So you now see companies owning medical practices. Caniva, Kano, whatever, whatever. All of these different big corporations owning a practice and they bring you in. So they, they're looking at it as a business, the same way how they run Amazon. They're mm. looking at profit, loss, come in, come out. So that may be why you're seeing that. Also, the same way that we see when we go to McDonald's, that same daggone um, fish fillet, It used to be $4.50. It's now $6.50. It's the same freaking
1: fish (laughs) for lunch. What's going on? Or the small fries, $2.19. Making up (laughs) for lost money. Because yeah. of COVID. They, yes. yeah.
0: So doctors lost
1: money during COVID? Yes, they did. It's, and and yeah. especially sur- some surgeons, because a lot of elective, there were, were, were no elective procedures. Everything and so for doctors, you know, a part of what you can bill for includes the in-person physical examination and also conducting taking vital signs. And of course, the insurance companies were reimbursing for telehealth, but they weren't reimbursing the full uh, rate if you are conducting those sessions virtually, Mm. um, which is where, and this is a plug for listeners who want to go into mental health. If you want to become a medical doctor and you want to conduct business virtually and not lose money, that's where psychiatry actually is, is a great option. If you want to do that, because we were reimbursed the same during the pandemic while we were conducting virtual sessions, um, and not just in medicine, but in every field, when companies went virtual, people don't want to go back to work. Period. So, the, the <laughs> difference I see with my office is that my practitioners, you know, they're enjoying virtual health. Okay. So we are still virtual. Fear. We're still conducting business um, via video sessions. So that's the biggest difference I see, whereas, you know, we were so used to having patients in and out. Like, you know, we had Christmas and I remember one year we had Christmas cookies and um, and snacks in the office for the patients. It was so beautiful. And now, you know, these are the differences I notice as a mental health professional and not being able to do those things. And patients don't want to come in either. They like their virtual sessions. They like being home in bed or being at their office doing their their, you know, thirty minute or their fifty minute or hour session. They rather not drive in. Mm.
0: So Dr. Munford, you being a urologist, board certified urologist, our listeners, what are some of the signs that they definitely need to make an appointment with the urologist and you? Like, what are some of the things that we should be looking out for? All
2: right. Um, for our guys, the biggest thing that we will see, I'll give you our top three. Mm-hmm. Erectile dysfunction, mm-hmm. BPH. and
0: What's BPH? Uh,
2: I'll hit it in a minute. And, okay. and our <laughs> third thing for us that we see probably is uh, stone disease for our men. So mm-hmm. people can get kidney stones. Mm. bph stands for benign prostatic hyperplasia and basically the prostate gets enlarged what Mm. is the prostate the prostate is like a little donut organ that sits beneath the bladder and if you can imagine a donut the donut has a hole and then it has the meat of the donut the meat of the donut is the prostate Mm -hmm. and the hole is the urethra so as the meat of the uh, donut increases Mm -hmm. the hole gets smaller Mm. so what are men going to see Oh, man, you know, I used to go to the bathroom and I can hit the bark off a tree when I would urinate. Now it just dribbles and hits my (laughs) shoes, okay? Uh. I do not get that flow like I used to. So people who start having problems urinating, men. And this usually starts happening in men in their 60s. Mm -hmm. Erectile dysfunction, in spite of... The doctor, whatever his name is, who has the commercial about the uh, clinic, mm-hmm. is that men in their 30s and 40s, men in their 30s and 40s do not get erectile dysfunction. That's just somebody wanting to get your money, okay? Mm. But erectile dysfunction is something that's going to happen, and they're usually about the same age as BPH, in their 60s. And if you're diabetic or have hypertension, you may see it a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Again, this is having problem getting erections. and So this is a problem that really gets men attention. Even more so, their partners. And I'll tell you this little anecdote. I like telling stories. Uh, my dad is a diabetic, was a diabetic. And uh, so his erection started to wane. And my mom went in, you know, my mom or something else. She says, I'm a young chippy. You better fix this. You don't fix it, I'm going to leave you. And I'm going <laughs> to tell our children why I left you. Okay. Uh-huh. So my dad went to a urologist, not me. And he wanted to give him some medication, which would require that he give an injection into his penis to get the erection. That's a typical okay. treatment. I, exactly what my father said. <laughs> he came back to my mom, he says, Leave me. I'm, <laughs> I'm not doing that. And I, I tell the kids, just leave me, okay? But I say this. Bye, this is a, <laughs> bye, yeah. Uh, and we had this conversation earlier when we spoke before with prostate cancer and men's health back in June. Yeah. Um, but the th- key thing to hear here, here is erectile dysfunction is something that's very competent. Common, but treatable. Please understand that. Everyone can be made better. So don't Mm -hmm. go around thinking that I just got to live this way. Everyone can be made better. And the other thing was kidney stones. Uh, you ain't going to have to worry about whether you need me with that one because you're going to be in so much pain, <laughs> you're going to be looking for who can help me. Okay? <laughs> Somebody come help me. Give me a shot anywhere. Just take help this me, pain away. For the women, mm-hmm. the biggest thing is incontinence. Women wetting their panties, okay? And for the children, remember I said I have pediatric uh, uh-huh. kitties. Yeah. The biggest thing I see for this group is um, Bedwetting, bedwetters, okay? Mm. And I, well, I shouldn't say that because my sister could be killing me. Don't be putting our business in the street. So, anyway, <laughs> bedwetters, um, um, in addition to that, I get a lot of kids who need circumcisions and undescended testicles. So, this is my thing. One of my biggest joys in terms of what do I do for children is hypospadias. Hypospadias is where the pee hole, mm-hmm. the urethral meatus is not at the tip where it should be. Only in guys does this happen. And it's somewhere else along that channel going from the tip down into the scrotum.
0: So the pee hole could be somewhere else and you have to operate to put the pee hole on top.
2: Most rewarding surgery. Again, oh my, my god, little, doctor. Like again, rewarding because it's fixable. And you know as a um I'll give you two I told you understand the testicle. Testicle didn't make it down into the scrotum. Mm -hmm. And these are my joy stories because this is what helps me realize why I get to do this and the the privilege and pleasure this is. So I had a kid who came to me at the age of 13, Mm -hmm. and both of his testicles were still up. 13. We usually do this by the time you're one. And he had the surgery, and he came to me and says, doctor, I can feel my... Mm. Now, for you and I, what, what big deal? But this is a 13-year-old kid who'd never been able to feel his testicles in his scrotum. Mm. And because of the surgery that I did to bring them down, he could do that. That is so rewarding. And I don't usually think about the societal implications that of what I Things that most men do. take for
0: granted. You know. I
2: don't even think about, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just doing my job. Yeah. I don't think about what it means to that person as an individual. And the hypospadias. The mom comes to me after the surgery. Everything is okay. She says, now, doctor, I can take him to the daycare, and I don't have to worry when they change his diaper because it looks normal. Mm. I said, that doesn't hit me. Because I'm just doing my job. But wow. for the mom, it wasn't the hypospadias. It was that she had to worry when someone else changed that baby's diaper the embarrassment that he didn't look normal.
0: That... Yeah. Oh.
2: So that's huge for me. So God knew what he was doing by allowing me to become a urologist. I never had any clue that I wanted to do this when mm-hmm. I was little. I didn't even know what it was.
0: God knew, though. And Dr. Delvina Thomas, <laughs> um, how
1: does someone know that they need to see you, your mental health, When they notice changes in their everyday routine, when they start feeling sadder, Mm -hmm. when they start feeling like they shouldn't live here or they shouldn't Mm -hmm. be on this earth. Those are Mm -hmm. the the three primary things. There's so many other things, but... Um, not having worth in life or feeling like life isn't worth living, you definitely need to see a mental health professional.
0: When should they come to a psychiatrist and when should they go to a psychologist? Is there a difference?
1: Yeah. If you want to consider medications, you go to a psychiatrist, to Mm -hmm. a physician, to a medical doctor. If you just want talk therapy and that's it, you go to a psychologist.
0: Okay, so we got to wrap things up, but before we wrap things up, where can someone find you, Dr. Munford? You are an, a urologist. Where can they visit you? You have your own practice. You're the boss lady there, and you do surgeries. Give out your, your information so they can find you.
2: Okay, I have two offices, one mm-hmm. in Broward and mm-hmm. one in Dade. Mm-hmm. The main telephone number is 305-696-0806. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 305 okay. 305- 6960806 and it's Montford M O N T F O R D. All doctors can be reached by going through the um, Florida State Board of Medicine. Okay. Any doctor you can call the Florida State Board of Medicine and they'll give you. But you don't have to do that. M O N T F O R D 305696
0: 0806 If they Google you, they can also see the reviews. Girl, too. you
2: know I'm beyond that. I'm that person who was born before <laughs> 60. You no, be they're going to Google you to see Google the reviews on. and the stars, honey.
0: I, I, I suspect you have five stars because you're so informative and you take the time and the patience. Dr. Delvina, where can they find you and your office and your services?
1: Call us at 305-981-1700, DRT Behavioral Services. And you're located where? We're mm-hmm. in Fort Lauderdale and Aventura.
0: Okay. I want to thank the both of you so much. I really have to bring you guys back. I love the fact that black women in in medicine is real and it's growing and growing. And we'll have more black women doctors coming into Community Matters and to the Pac Jam Morning Show because we have to. And it's like information that people are scared of doctors. Just don't be afraid. It's better you find out whatever's wrong. If there is something wrong early, than later. When a, when a difference can, you know, happen. So mm-hmm. I want to thank the both of you for doing all the work that you're doing for stopping by Community Matters on this Sunday morning. Thanks for having us. Thank you so
2: much. Thank you for what you do. It is so incredibly important.
0: Thank you. You guys will both be back, so I'll see you soon. <laughs> Your girl, Super City, Community Matters, 99 Jams.